What up guys, Lisa here. You know when you just hear one of these stories and it knocks you so much for six, you like can't comprehend what it would be like to be in their situation? Well, today's guest, Audrina Patridge, that you may know from The Hills, and I were talking about just toxic relationships and what we do to stand up for ourselves. And as we're talking, she freaking literally knocked my socks off by telling me about a story. Now wait for it, guys. Where her two best friends had a threesome with her boyfriend. Now, I can't honestly imagine being young and having that happen to me and what that would do to my self-esteem, my um, how I see myself, my worth. Um, and that's what we talk about, how something can happen in our lives that can shape how we think and how we feel and then um, future relationships, future things that we do are all dictated by the things that we've done in the past and how this experience of being betrayed by her friend and in her relationship um, left her feeling empty. So she gives just incredible detail um, and such grace about how she dealt with it, how she got back up. And that's the thing, guys. That's what I'm all about. How on earth do you get back up when you fall to your knees? Like we all fall, whether it's from someone betraying us, whether it's a bad relationship, whether it's someone just pushing us around. We've, most of us, I want to say, have been there. And I'm here to tell you it's okay. It's okay to fall. But homie, how the hell do you get back up? And who can I bring on? my show women of impact in order to give us tips and tactics on how when we fall we can get back up and so audrina today gives us incredible takeaways and tips on how on earth we can get back up how we can find our voice and when you're just tired of being taken advantage of how you show up how it can be detrimental to yourself if you're a chronic people pleaser We go through it all and so much more, guys. So without further ado, let's dive in with me and Audrina Patridge on Women of Impact. And guys, the one thing I would absolutely love and appreciate is if you took one or two minutes to rate and review this podcast, that really would mean the absolute world to me because my mission of spreading impact across the world with women all begins with us. It begins with me showing up every day and speaking through this mic. It begins with you guys on if you hear something that is actually life-changing, if you hear something that can help you. Are you able to share it? Tell your homies, tell your friends about Women of Impact. And honestly, I just appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So let's dive in right now with my homie, Audrina Patridge. I found out they had a threesome together. Today on Women of Impact, actress Audrina Patridge opens up about her real life drama and the shocking betrayals. The toxic relationships that nearly ripped her apart. It's almost like feeling so humiliated and just, am I not good enough? Or what is it? Is it me? And the moment she realized enough was enough. It's like that switch flipped and that was it for me. What does it take to leave a toxic relationship? Let's find out. Audrina Patridge, welcome to Women of Impact, Tommy. Thank you for having me. I'm actually so excited to be here because I know the last couple of times we had to cancel, so. We made it. We made it. <laughs> and you wrote a book called Choices. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that really stood out to me from the get-go is you're very kind, you're very sweet, you're very gracious. But you also say in the book, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Mm -hmm. 
There are so many women out there that feel like they're being taken advantage of, they're being pushed around, and you very eloquently state in your book how you've had moments like this and then how you've handled it and how you've evolved. You express a lot of beautiful stories in the book about how there were moments where um, you know, guys in your life, relationships where people did walk all over mm -hmm. you. And you actually talk about how it started to become like double standards where you had to forgive your partner for doing certain things yeah. and yet it was okay for them to do it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind taking us back to them because okay. then I want to really un like peel open how you went from being that person yeah. that allowed especially in relationships because our heart mm. is in it it's like there's those moments of like oh we'll just forgive oh it's fine yeah. you know because our heart is in it and so it is so powerful oh so many women are like that you can sit here and say no you have to remind yourself that yes. you can say no but yet you didn't start there no i did not i was not like this like 20 years ago <laughs> you know i was a people pleaser and i I was so naive and so trusting of people and even growing up, you know, my mom was a hard ass. She's like, she doesn't put up with anything. And I think maybe because she was such a strong personality that we never had to do that because she always did it for us. So it's kind of like I had to start retraining myself and learning. And I was such a rebel in that way where I had to learn the hard way. And, you know, I've been in so many bad relationships where they would do something or cheat or lie to me or something would happen and then I was upset about it and over it and then they'd come back and you know have this whole spiel where it, it's I was so weak at that point and I would believe them and I would give them the benefit of the doubt and be like okay like if you say that like I'll trust you I'll give you another chance and it was constantly like okay, another chance, or maybe it is my fault. And you start believing kind of what they start telling you about yourself. And I just got myself in a really bad relationship that it just kept going and going like that. It was insanity. I kept going. It's, you know, like the definition of insanity is like you do something, you keep going and it happens over and over and over again. And I didn't learn that lesson. And even if it was from one guy to the next, I would find myself in the same type of relationship just with a different guy. It's funny how when you're over something, like you can brush past stuff, but right now there are people listening at home mm -hmm. where their partner did cheat on them and they're heartbroken. Yeah. Partner has lied to them and they don't know how to get back up. And that's the thing, it's like I love you being so honest and us saying, hey, look, we should never judge ourselves for situations we've been in, right? Trust is beautiful. I think trust is needed in a relationship. Mm -hmm. But because of that, it can be broken. Yeah. So when moments like that are broken, how the hell do you get back up? How the hell are you able to recover and sit here right now and say, yes, it happened, but it, yeah. I learned. Like in those moments, if you don't mind taking me back, because if we can unpeel with this part, mm -hmm. the amount of women I feel that can heal from things and then find their voice back because that was another thing that you said yes. is I lost who I am mm -hmm. oh I so did. many women are like that yeah and it's almost like when you're in a toxic relationship or friendship it's almost like you're in a bubble and you can't see what's happening and you're just so in love or so devoted to making something work that nothing's going to stop you. You're going to make this work. And that's kind of how I am. Like, if I want something, I'm going to go for it. Like, nothing's going to stop me. But sometimes you have to step back and look outside of the bubble and listen to your friends and listen to the people around you because they're seeing things from the outside in.
And it's easier said than done. I'm not going to lie because I've been there. And I felt like I couldn't just listen to someone. I had to go through that process of whatever it was until I got to that breaking point where for me enough was enough and I it's like that switch flipped and that was it for me and I some of my friends even now they're like how did you do it Adrena how did you do it and I was like honestly it's like you become numb and like something switches and I for me it was having my daughter and being in a toxic relationship and knowing that I want her to look up to me as a strong woman and you know, as her hero and not someone that's weak or is gonna let someone treat me like that or let her think it's okay for someone to treat you like that and not to have a voice. So she was a blessing on, in so many ways and gave me that strength. But aside from her, um, it was my friends, my support system, they never gave up on me. And no matter how many times I called them crying or I tried to hide it, they knew me so well that I didn't even have to say it. They just knew. And when I got to that point, for me, it was God. And it was going back to church. And I would go by myself all the time. And I got into small groups. And, you know, we'd be listening to a message and I would just start crying and I couldn't stop. But I had all that love and that support and to help me through it. It's, you need a support system. You can't do it alone. Like, it's hard. It's so fascinating that you said you do it for your daughter. The amount of women that will fight, tooth them, freaking nail oh, yeah. for someone they care about, someone they love, but we won't do the same for ourselves. I know. And I feel like so many people can relate to that. And and I still, it's like I over, I catch myself now, like overextending myself you know, sometimes I get too busy in my schedule. I'm like, I could do it all. And then I could do this. And I already I have everything planned. And sometimes I can do it all. But then at that end of the week, I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, well, now I'm not present and my energy's mm-hmm. not up. I had to learn how to balance my life and everyone in it. Because sometimes people want, want, want. And you can't give, give, give all the time because you feel depleted. And is that just having spoken from experience, the fact that you've already been there, you used to give so much to friendships, relationships. We give so much to everything except for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even filming sometimes on the reality show, you know, I wanted the show to be so good that I started doing things that were out of my character and things that I would never say or would never do. And what helped me do those scenes sometimes was alcohol. And so we'd get liquored up because we're so nervous and we want to make a good reality show. And whenever you drink, you know, it's easier to say, okay, I'll do it. I'm ready. Like, let's take a shot and go do it. And I realized watching the show sometimes, I'm like, that's not who I am. And the things like with the producers, and I get it's a TV show, but you're still playing yourself. Um, Watching it, I was like, what? I can't do that anymore. Like I got to a point where I was saying yes so much to things that I really didn't want to do, but they, I was pressured and pressured and pressured that I would give in just to like shut them up. And so that's the thing that I really want to touch on that you can go from doing that, say, going like, okay, fine, I'll just do it. Let me take a shot of alcohol just to get through it to then be able to many years later say, Hey, look, Saying no isn't easy, but you got to do it. So in hindsight, because I think there's so many lessons learned in hindsight, right? 
How did you, take me back to those moments where you did feel the pressure. In fact, if you don't mind telling us the story about how they wanted you to take your top off in like the pool. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so that specific scene, it was with Justin and we were in the pool and we were hanging out and it, I guess one of the producers were like, it's this kind of a boring scene. Like, would you mind taking your top off and then like throw it at Justin and then that'll get him in. And I was like, well, I don't know. Let me like think about this. So then you have everyone around you and you're like, I want to make a good scene. I don't want it to get deleted. Um, and with Justin, he was m my boyfriend. We're like, we were together. So I was so comfortable with him. And, and he's like, just do, you don't have to show anything. Just do it and then I'll get in and like, you won't just turn your back. So I did it. And then after it's like my grandma, all my cousins, like my whole family watches the show. But in the moment, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was just thinking of making a good show, people pleasing, and I just didn't think of consequences. I was always in the moment and impulsive. And I learned a lot from that too. So going back now with who you are today, how would you handle that same, exactly the same situation? I mean, I feel like we could have made a fun scene without taking my top off. Like we could have did something else. I could have gave other ideas. Like just because someone approaches you with an idea doesn't mean you have to say yes or no to it. You can always negotiate back with other ideas and meet in the middle. It's not always about yes and no. Like you can throw your opinion in and like change things mm. to, to your liking to where you both can meet and both be happy and it be a successful scene or a relationship or whatever it may be. I love that. You've mentioned people pleasing a few times. and yeah. I'd really love to touch on that because in your book, you talk about how you get married and you realize, oh, I shouldn't have got married. But you did and you knew deep down mm -hmm. and you talk about, I didn't want to upset my family. I didn't want to upset him. I didn't want to upset. And it's the people pleasing, making decisions based on what's going to please everybody else except for me. Yep. Talk to me about that. If you can take me back to the moments where you weren't, where you made, where you were debating in your head, and then what made you then decide? Because again, if we can figure out in those moments where our back is against the wall, and we've only got two options, that's the problem, right? Because even just like, oh, well, maybe you can negotiate, maybe you can yeah. throw out ideas. I love that strategy, amazing. Yeah. But now, when your back is against the wall, and it's like I've either got to upset everybody, Gosh. but follow my heart. Mm -hmm or make everyone happy and ignore me. Mm -hmm. And at that point in my life, I wasn't, a, I wasn't as strong, you know. Kira, I think, was four or five months, so I was four or five months post-pregnant or having her, and there's so much going on in my mind, and all of his family from Australia flew out, my family flew out, everybody spent so much money coming to this wedding, my dad spent so much money on the wedding, so all of that's going on in my mind. And that night, it was the night before the wedding, my sister, Casey, stayed with me. And we were laying there, and she's like, Drina, I know you don't have to do this. I know you don't want to. And I was like, but I have to. Like, everyone's here. Like, everything's set up. Dad spent all this money. Like, I feel so bad. Like, I have to do it. And now that we have a baby together, it's like, I, we have to make this work. And she, I remember my sister Casey saying so clearly, no, you don't. 
let's just get on a plane right now. It's in the middle of the night. Let's leave and let mom and dad will handle it. Let's just get out of here and go to another island. And I was like, Casey, I can't. Like, everyone's here. I, and that moment, if I could go back, if anything, um, we signed the papers. Like the registry. Yes. Yeah. Like, we signed the papers to solidify us being married at a nail shop <laughs> in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so at that point I was like, well, the papers are already signed. Um, and now this huge receptor celebration, the actual wedding is going to happen. But I wish I could go back and not have signed those papers. Mm. And I, I wish that I had that strength to say, you know what, I'm not ready for this. And just because we had a baby together doesn't mean we have to rush into a marriage. And I was so, I was almost forcing it, you know, mm. and I guess I never even asked Corey if he, well, he did say that he had that ring for a long time waiting to ask me. And in my mind, I was kind of like, you did? <laughs> like, but everything that we've been through and like your behavior and actions, like you had a ring, but then why did you do all this stuff in between? And now I know you're a little bit changed, but there's just so many things going on in my mind, but I wish that I would have just held off and that's what I tell a lot of my friends now that are engaged and they're going through ups and downs. And, you know, I was like, you really don't know a person unless until you've lived with them. And just because you have a baby doesn't mean you have to get married right away. I know in my mind that was so opposite because my family didn't come from divorce. Like you're married, you stick it out and make it work. <laughs> it's very traditional. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, you get married, then you have a baby. I did it all the other way around, so. <laughs> it's amazing how you make decisions based on the belief, right? So even with what you were saying, as you were saying, that word really hit me, I have to, yeah. right? And I used to be there as well, girl. Like, I used to think, well, I have to do a call. It's not a choice. Yeah. It is a choice. And you even wrote a book called Choices, yes. which is why it's so amazing that you're sitting here saying, but I had to, and then you wrote a book about choices. That's the evolution, yep. is realize you may not like the choice, you may hate the choice. I'm gonna break my dad's heart. All my family just wasted mm -hmm. money. That's all reality, but it's still a choice. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about, especially as females, how the hell we own our power, that's such a big one, which is why I love that you named the book that. Yeah, I mean, it really, our life is, there's choices every day we have to make, and those choices take us down a path. And there's gonna be consequences with whatever choice you decide, and it's just, you know, really not, what I've learned is not to be impulsive. You don't have to always give an answer right away. You need to take time and process it, pray about it. Like let it set in, whether it's a day or two days, like you don't have to say yes right away. And mm -hmm. sometimes when you are backed up against the wall, like I was at that wedding, you know, I wish that I did have the strength to just be like, you know what, everybody's here. I know the wedding's scheduled, but everyone could just still celebrate and hang out and like enjoy Hawaii. <laughs> but it just won't be a wedding. It'll just be a celebration of friends and I don't know. Um, but yeah, every choice does have a consequence. And for me, I feel like I made those choices because maybe it's to write this book or to mm. teach others, like learn from my mistakes and listen to that, that gut instinct and don't ignore, ignore those feelings because I ignored everything and I just kept pushing forward. And I, I definitely took the hard 
the hard route of love at that point in my life. So many of us blame ourselves for staying. So I really want people at home to hear that, that if you've made a mis mistake, quote unquote, right? if you've made a decision that you later regret, mm -hmm. you can use it to beat yourself up or you can use it as a lesson. Yes. So talk to me about how you start using it as a lesson because to your point, actually, in fact, I want to say a quote of yours that you say, um, when we don't let go, we hold on to hope, mm -hmm. we make excuses and then we accept the, the behavior mm -hmm. and then once you're out of it there's a moment of almost shame that you allowed that to happen yes and i went through that process you know it's almost like a process of mourning and shame mm. and regret and humiliation you know and i yeah for about a year i sat in that like how could i why did i put myself through this like what was i thinking and i beat myself mm -hmm. up um, but going to therapy and just reminding yourself that there, the good that came from it and what you can inspire and teach others from it, especially my daughter, you know, I'm teaching her on listening to that gut instinct about people and situations. And if you feel something, you need to listen to it. Mm. Don't ignore it. But my advice that I could give is don't be a rebel like I was. <laughs> Like actually listen to other people's experiences mm -hmm. and the choices they made and what they went through. Because usually if you make the same choice, you're gonna go through the same same thing. It might be worse or might be not as bad, who knows. But you know, like learn from other people's experiences. Listen, ask questions, you know, read books, like listen to your gut instincts. Um, don't ignore those feelings like do the right thing and surround yourself it's for me too I was surrounded by a lot of people that were enablers and anything aside from my family and close friends there was so many people in my life from being famous that were just like wanted to hang out all the time and just wanted to be there because you're famous and you're going here and you're invited there and they would just agree with whatever I said or wanted to do. Like nobody stopped me or were like, hey, like that's, look at what's happening. Like aside from my family, like a lot of the people that were around me never did that. So. Ooh, girl, you just hit me for six there. Um, yeah. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for 
utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Can we go down this rabbit hole of enablers? Because that was so powerful. How did you identify who the enablers were? And then how did you handle it? Because in the moment, the Mm -hmm. enablers feel like your friends. The enablers are the ones, of course, I got you. Yes, absolutely. And so you may interpret it in a very different way. Mm -hmm. So how, what was that first step of acknowledging oh, this is actually super freaking toxic. Yeah, so a lot of those people that were in my life, they were around me for fame in that as well. And once they kind of climbed the ladder and got to where they wanted to be or through me, got to be friends with someone or got to be on the show or like some, whatever they wanted, then they would start cutting me off or like they weren't actually there when I did need help going through these hard moments and I would call them, they were never there. And so my circle of friends grew smaller and smaller and smaller. And then whenever it did get really bad and I isolated myself, when I reached out to them, they weren't there. They didn't care. They got what they wanted from me. And I realized who my real friends were and who I could actually confide in and depend on because it was always mutual. Girl, betrayal is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so we've actually even touched on two, right? Betrayal of a partner and betrayal of a friend. Yeah. And all of these things really do, for me, start to impact how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. That's why I'm just obsessed with talking about like relationships and friendships and things yeah. like this, because it really does impact how we see ourselves. Yes. So how did you handle a betrayal? In fact, if you don't mind, I'd love to take one at a time. So how do you handle, if yeah. you don't mind sharing a story of betrayal with a partner and then betrayal with a friend, and then I'd love to piece apart how you handle it. And then again, looking back, what you would do differently. You know what just popped in my mind because yeah. the two go hand in hand. The first betrayal I ever experienced, I was like 17. So I was grounded because I was late. My mom, my parents were very strict. When I, I wasn't allowed to have boyfriends until I was 16, no makeup. So when I was 17, I could go out, but my curfew was 10 o'clock. And if I was late, I was grounded for the weekend. No friends, can't go out. So I was late and my, I found out the next week at school that my two best friends hung out with my boyfriend. And I found out they had a threesome together. And I didn't find this out for about two or three weeks because at school, I was like, why, why are you being so weird? Like, 
what what did you guys do over the weekend? And they're like, oh, we went and met up. We went to this party and did this and that. And so eventually the one friend, she's like, I just, I have to tell, like, I feel so bad. I have to tell you. So she told me that my one friend slept with him. And then I called that friend. And she's like, well, Ash, well she did too. <gasps> and I was like, you guys both, you guys all, like, no wonder why you're all being weird. So that for me was the very first betrayal of two of my best friends and my boyfriend. So I like, my heart was ripped out. And I think that for me, I, I cut all of them off. I cried immediately, my, immediately okay. did not talk to any of them. I cried my eyes out and my mom and dad, I would just cried to them. And I was like, how could they do this to me? Like, you know. And that was one of the hardest experiences I, I experienced for the very first time all in one at 17 years old, so. Oh God, that's so heartbreaking. So how on earth, because you said you come off, which is amazing, I'm like, yes. Um, but you still then, right, have had other relationships after that yes. where someone has betrayed, I believe, was it Corey who you found naked women's oh, photos? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so tell me about that. If you don't mind explaining okay. that story and then Let's talk about how we can be strong in one area and then almost lose that strength again mm -hmm. when we get into a different relationship. It's so easy to build that strength up and then it just be like, it just withers away. And when you don't even realize. someone who's very strong. Yes. When you're, so when I was with my ex, he, you know, he was traveling a lot. I was working and on TV. So there was a lot of insecurities and jealousy and, and I started getting a lot of, tweets from fans that he was making while he was on these tours that he would be making out with their friend at a bar in Oregon or Oklahoma or they'd go back to his room at night and the, these were messages from fans that loved me from the show that were warning me and so I was like this is so weird I've never experienced like this is so weird and so I would tell him and of course it would be like they're just trying to break us up. No one wants us together. You're gonna believe a stranger over me. I would never do that to you. And so I was like, okay, like, but you didn't call me last night. So what were you doing? So it got to that point and then I would believe him because he was so, there's that charming, you know, like you want to believe him, you want it to work. So I believed it. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And then as time went on, when I thought things were really good for three or four months and we were the best we had been, then all of a sudden I, you know, he's at my house and he just got, gets back from tour and his phone's going off all night, all night. And I was like, who, he's passed out. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna pick his phone up. Like who keeps texting and calling like this? And I won't say the girl's name. So I picked it up and I saw, I was like, oh my God. So I knew his password. So I looked at it and I was shaking, like sitting there shaking. It was pictures of her like legs spread open, all everything. And their conversation was disgusting. And I woke him up and he said that I was a psychotic whatever for going through his phone, that I'm super insecure and get over it. Like saying that I wasn't giving him enough attention or I was with producers or going to events and I wasn't giving him what he needed. So it was my fault. And eventually, like I started believing it. And then I, we broke up and a few months go by, I leave, he leaves, then we're back in the same town again. 
and we meet up and it's like you have that excitement for the first time again he's so nice and like he said he's changed and on and on and on it's like okay well it seems like you've changed the first month or whatever is great and then it slowly those bad habits it starts to happen again thank you so much for your rawness by the way and your vulnerability like that's so strong because it doesn't matter who you are on television not television so many of us deal with these toxic relationships mm -hmm. that do impact us and then how we show up and again I'm going to keep saying this losing our voice that's so important to me mm -hmm. that women don't and when it comes to matters of the heart I notice that that's where most of us women start to unwind all the work we may have done to get strong to mm -hmm. stand up for ourselves and so when you walk away and you said that we had that time apart were you telling yourself okay I'm going to be strong now like yes. So how do you go from them, right? Then entering that relationship again, I'm going to be strong. You're like, oh my God, he's changed. And then it is that one little chip at a time, right? There's like one, mm -hmm. and then the months go by and now you blink again and you're the old Audrina again. Yeah, it's so easy to fall back into those old habits. I, and you don't even realize it's happening because you're so infatuated with just being in love and making it work and like wait but he's being so nice and i think he's really changed this time like maybe it'll really work and you know you you give them the benefit of the doubt they're telling you everything you want to hear they're doing everything you want them to and then slowly when you think it's amazing then you find naked photos or sex sexed messages or you know you go out and you start hearing things and you're like what and then that trust is broke and then you it's almost like feeling so humiliated and just am I not good enough or what is it is it me like what can I do better to change myself so you won't have to do this it becomes more about yourself than realizing it's not you this is something that's going on in him that he has to heal from and he has issues so you need to take yourself away from that situation and remember that it's not you, like it's them. God, that self-worth piece is so powerful. Yeah. And over time in my own evolution, I've really tried to work on how do I make sure I bring my self-worth to myself? Mm -hmm. That I'm not looking external because to your point, I want to be able to be in love with my husband and have a friendship where I trust them so much. I tell them everything. Trust is so can build such a beautiful relationship, but at the same time, trust can be used as a weapon. Yeah. And um, you actually talking about it in your book, which I think is really powerful. I love that you said this, where you're like, you went to therapy. You're like, okay, let's do couples therapy. And then you're even worried that if I say to him, if I reveal my vulnerability, if I reveal my insecurities in this couples therapy, is he going to use it against me when I'm out of therapy, mm -hmm. when we're not sitting in this room? Yeah. And he did. Everything that I did reveal, every insecurity, every fear, everything I had been through, the good and bad growing up or through high school, everything, he would use to hurt me in fights or just use when he's in a mean mood or doesn't like something I'm doing to like ruin my mood or just to hurt me. It was all used to hurt. And that was another trust issue. It's like, here we go again. You know, it's, I had so many trust issues already just from being on TV and the people in and out of my life and even the producers of no, not knowing what's real and fake on the show or like if I could really trust them or what they said about me, is that real? Like, do you really hate me or did you like, there's so many trust issues. Mm. So with him in the beginning, I felt such a bond and like I could, I felt safe with him and I could trust him. 
and then it slowly started dwindling away. And then with going to therapy, trying to fix it, and I really gave it my all. Like if I'm gonna, I give my all, I pour my heart out. <laughs> Whoever I'm with, I don't jump into things fast, but I ease into it. And once you have me in my heart, like you have it all. So that's what I did. I was in 500% and I wanted to give it my all to try to make it work. And with going to couples therapy, I just thought maybe we could figure out figure this out for the sake of our relationship, our future, our child. And within doing that, I should have remembered that that's how he was. But I wanted to believe so bad that the therapy would change him and it would help him. But he didn't want that help. He didn't want the therapy. That was me forcing it and pushing it on him. So you, you have to be careful. What I've learned is you can't change people. They have to want to change and they have to go through life lessons and something to open their eyes where it makes them want to change and they have to want it. I wanted it, but he didn't. So that was the difference. Dude, that's so powerful because as you were telling your other story earlier um, about how you really want to trust them and you really think, oh no, he's come back and he says he's changed. Like I, before my husband, I was in a relationship for about three to four years mm -hmm. and exactly the same thing. It was like we would break up, my heart. It's like I would feel like I'm getting stronger. He, I think, would see I was getting stronger, try and do everything to get me back. And then he's like, I've changed. And what I've learned now is to ask myself the question, what have they done to change? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because he may have wanted to. Your ex may have wanted to change. Mm -hmm. And so if you say it enough, sometimes you can believe your own lies, right? So yeah. it's like maybe he even believed his own lie. Now, when they believe their own lies, of course they're going to be able to convince you because they actually believe it. Yeah. So when I always <laughs> reflect on what would I do differently, because I like, I'm always about that. Like, I don't beat myself up over what happened in the past, but I want to assess mm -hmm. and recognize either yes. the red flags so that I can like put it in my intuition bucket, right? Like my, yeah. my tool belt. Mm -hmm. um, and then figure out what I would do differently next time. And so the trust piece is so powerful because it's like, of course you want to trust somebody. Of course, if someone says, look, I've changed. I think it can be beautiful to give someone space to change. Mm -hmm. But the question really does remain, what have you done to change? Exactly. And that's where actions speak loud and clear. Words are words. Like I, I'm I can change or I've I'm gonna change. I love you so much, I can't live without you. But it's like, if you love me so much, you can't live without me, why are you cheating? Like, what, if, what am I doing wrong or what is it? How are you gonna change? Because mm -hmm. if you look at the actions, that speaks loud and clear and it tells you right there. Yeah, same thing I think applies with friends. So mm -hmm. was it the same kind of process where you started to trust friends again? Because you were even saying earlier, right, you were closing your circle more on that. And I think so many of us do that, but that's really the armor. Yeah. Right. That's really like maybe I don't even trust myself enough to give myself over to, or to, to know who to trust. So I'm just going to close my circle more and more. That way less people mm -hmm. can hurt me. Yep. And that's kind of what I started doing. And like you become isolated or well, at first in my 20s, I would just I was friends with everyone. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was my friend. I wanted to take care of every. Oh, let's all go on this trip. Let's all go on this plane. Let's do it together and then your circle grows closer. The circle of trust becomes very small. And, and I've realized in what I've been through that I still have trust issues that I'm working through. And you know, even every day I question people or their actions or I'm very observant and I sit back and I watch and I don't give as much. And especially like getting back into the dating world and 
and all of that, you know, it, I have I eased into it. Mm. And it took me a long time because I had been through so much. And I also didn't want to be with someone where I was, they weren't able to handle me and what comes with me. So it has to be a very strong person. How are you working through then right now, the second guessing part? Because to your point, you even said like, I'm questioning. And there's that part of me that's like, oh yeah, when you've been burned, you're questioning whether the stove's gonna be hot again, right? Because you don't want to get burned again. Exactly. So you're like, yeah. But how much of it starts to become a problem where you almost can't trust people and they are genuine? I know. And that's, I've actually have experienced this recently because in my mind, um, I'm thinking a certain way and I'm projecting it onto that person. Mm. And then it's almost insulting to them because they're like, I know what I'm getting into. Like, I like you. I would not be here if I didn't. So you need to trust me on that. And so that kind of opened my eyes where I need to stop projecting my fears and what I've been through onto other people mm. and give them a, a shot because it's like learning to trust again and to let people in. And there are still good people out there, you know? It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, life goes on. You go through these great moments, bad moments, but you take the good from it and the lessons and you keep moving forward. That's so true. And then one, one thing I'd love to add to that is you almost sometimes have the confirmation bias because you've been hurt so much, mm -hmm. you're questioning, right? So whether it's you're dating, whether it's a friendship, right? So it's like your friend, you've been yeah. burnt by a friend before and now someone comes in your life, they may do something that your other friend did. So now you're just like, hang on a minute, I recognize that behavior. And now what you're doing is you're waiting for the other ball to drop. Exactly. And you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. So now it's you're just waiting to confirm that you can't trust them. Mm-hmm. I don't let a lot of people in and I know a lot of the friends in the industry are the same way so I feel like we kind of connect on a different level because we all have the same issues <laughs> and an understanding but yeah with friendships it's crazy because you do recognize little habits or things from other friends of the past you're like hmm like what are what are your motives why are you so why are you trying to be my friend so much mm. or or you notice little things and it's like I don't know. Now I have like my core group of friends and it's like if I connect with someone and there's a chemistry that's undeniable, I've had with some of my best friends that were my friend Brianna who was, did my hair like 20 years ago, <laughs> my best friend Joey who's a stylist, like we had that instant friend chemistry and we're still friends to this day. Like sometimes you just know you're, you're brought to the right person. So it's like you can't doubt everybody, but just look for the signs and you're smart. You've been through enough to where you know at this point. I love that people that may be listening, you did this with your mind. And that's kind of like, just keep thinking about it. Keep mm -hmm. looking at it. Like know that it's an evolution. I think that's really powerful because what someone may have done once upon a time, that behavior trait may not be in and of itself mean, cruel, um, but when you spot the behavior trait, maybe you sometimes get triggered, right? We're like, oh, yeah. hang on a minute. Yeah. The last person did that to yeah. me. What does this mean? Um, but I do think like not like being able to be, okay, well, that was the past and I'm going to learn from it. Yeah. So you've mentioned gut yeah. intuition. That's yeah. another thing I talk about a lot. Yeah. Oh, well, and that, and also like seeing something with someone that also kind of being triggered, that also is like, okay, well, this is my chance to set a boundary because in the past I would have never communicated my feelings or said what I wanted or what I was uncomfortable with or what was not okay. So this is your chance to kind of 
voice that and set that boundary and if that friend or that boyfriend or whoever can't respect that then there's your answer i love it how do you approach boundaries boundaries oh my goodness i mean it's all about communication i really have worked hard on healing and communicating how i feel and what i want and what is not okay and sometimes there might be a question or a scenario that happens that I'm not cool with, but I don't react right away. I kind of have to process it and think about it like, okay, I didn't like this. Where is it coming from? What is the trigger? And what do I need a voice about it so the other person understands where I'm coming from? And then based on their response is kind of where the direction could go or like, you know, if we're meeting in the middle somehow. And then you set that boundary. Or even if you have friends that call you and they're venting and you're not, you're mentally and emotionally not in a good place to take on all their heated conversation and it's like super heavy, you kind of have to learn how to kindly set, put your foot down and be like, you know, I, I really want to listen to you, but right now, like, I just don't have it in me to take on what you're about to say so give me like let me call you back because i just i'm not in the right place right now to take it on i'm so wide-eyed right now because thank you for bringing that up i want to go a little deeper here because this is so powerful because homie it's like you, you care about your friends you yeah. want to be there for your friends mm -hmm. you love your friends and at the same time we're sitting here saying we've got to take care of ourselves we've got to love ourselves we've got to know our own self-worth and if mm -hmm. we keep giving it um if we keep putting ourselves aside for everyone else now we're teaching ourselves that we're not worthy mm -hmm. then we end up getting in relationships or in a business where maybe somebody pushes you around convinces yeah. you to take your top off when you're not comfortable mm -hmm. right like to have a friendship that maybe it's fake like all of that is so powerful but in those moments of that, like, I am so drained right now and it's incoming, right? And it's yeah. someone that you love. Mm -hmm. In the past, me, myself included, has just taken it on. You just take it on and then after that call, you're so depleted and your mood's different yeah. and you're just like, whoa. Like, that was a lot to take on. So how have your friends responded when you've said that to them? They respect it, you know, because you have a mutual respect for each other and what you're going through and what you can. And even my sisters, you know, they took on all of that with my toxic relationship. And afterwards, looking back, I was like, wow, you guys never hung up on me. You always were there for me. And I wanted to apologize to them for putting them through that over and over and over. And my friends, because they listened to it and would give me the same advice over and over, and they never shut me out, you know? But they could have been like, well, men, yeah. So my sister, Samantha, is very, like, she's all about healing and spirituality and everything. So she's amazing with that and setting boundaries and just letting people know that I don't like this environment, it's too much for me, so I'm gonna go, but I'll call you later. You know, if she's around something or someone that's just, it's too much for her to take on. So she's very inspiring with all that too. What if it's a friend though that feels um, like they're being dismissed? I've, I've experienced that, where sometimes they won't, they won't stop talking or they won't go and it's like, oh my gosh, like how many times do I have to say this before I'm going to end up sounding rude or just cutting them off? And then they're mad at you. It's a fine line and it's, you know, it's like you want your voice to be heard and you don't want to hurt that person's feelings, but sometimes you have to be loud and clear and just blunt. I know it's hard. <laughs> but here's it's the hard. thing. <laughs> it is hard, but 
the fact that you're saying, look, it's hard, but you still got to do it. That's the gold right there, yeah. right? It's not that it's easy for you. It's not that it comes simply for you. It's that it's hard and you still do it. Yeah. And letting them know too that this is coming from a place of love and I'm being completely honest right now. All you could do is speak from your heart and it's coming from a good place. So as long as they know that, they should understand. If not, and they just keep going and going and going, they have no respect for you and your feelings. Oh, I love that. And there's one thing, like you earn a reputation. So mm -hmm. if you've been like an amazing friend for 10 years and every time they need you, you're there. And then the one time you're like, hey, I actually need to be there for myself. And I actually had this situation with my sister mm -hmm. um, where it's like, you know, like, hey, look, if I can't be here for you right now, mm -hmm. it's not that I don't love you. It's like, hopefully, for the last 20, 30 yeah, years that I've been know. alive, I've shown <laughs> up for you. Yep. So the time that I am unable to, hopefully you understand that it's not a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. It's actually a reflection of me where I am right now and that I can be honest with you about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of people take things to heart and they always think it's about them. A lot of people talk about themselves all the time where they think if something happens or someone's in a bad mood, it's, what did I do? No, it's not always about you. Like, <laughs> I have to remind myself because I still naturally, yeah. automatically go, oh my God, what did I do wrong? I do, even now. I do too. <laughs> but again, I don't almost like, I don't know about you. I don't beat myself up over it though. Mm. I just go, oh, here we go, Lisa, making it about you. No, it may not be about yeah. you. Let's actually find out who it's about or yeah. what it's about. Maybe they're struggling and they mm -hmm. don't feel comfortable telling you. Yeah, it's just taking that step back and looking at the whole picture before you assess or like, not, not judge it, but like before you think it's about you or it's something that you did or... Even on an airplane, I'll be sitting there and I'm like, every single person here and I'll be looking at someone and it's like, I wonder what they're going through. Every person mm -hmm. has a different story and everybody has hard things that they're going through and they're hurting. And, you know, some people have great things, but everybody has a little bit of hurt in them that you can relate to somehow. So it's like, be careful when you're so quick to judge someone or when someone's in a bad mood or you're at the grocery store and they snap on you. It's like, you don't have to snap back. Like maybe they just need love. Maybe they need a smile. It's such a fine line between like showing them the compassion when someone is rude to you and just taking shit. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like the kindness, you mistake kindness for weakness. Ah, there, it <laughs> there it is again. Full circle, girl. <laughs> Um, it really is those nuances. I actually have a great quote of yours that I'd love to um, say because when I think of nuances, when I think of how we interpret things, sometimes it can be for the good and sometimes it can be so detrimental. Um, and you have a quote about jealousy. There's a fine line between affectionate and proud and being possessive and jealous. Mm -hmm. And when I think about what we're talking about even now, right, where the nuances are, there's massive nuance to that. And to your point, when I was super insecure, mm -hmm. my ex-boyfriend was super jealous and I was like, but he cares about me. Yeah, I was the same way. You know, especially if he got super jealous or insecure about a producer that I was working with or other, you know, male co-stars or whatever that I was around, he would get so mad. And in my mind, it's like, oh, he really, really like cares about me. But then it starts then it starts affecting your mental state and you can't focus and you can't work and then you're worried like I'm not gonna I'd, I'd rather just not deal with fighting or the accusation so I'd rather just not do this job like I'll just I'll not accept it 
for the sake of that fight or to save a fight or that relationship. And that's not healthy. How would you process that now then? Oh my goodness, it was so unhealthy. That was toxic. I think now if I was back in that situation, you know, it's, it all comes down to trust and security. Like if you don't feel secure in a friendship or relationship or feel that you could trust that person, then there's, there's no trust, there's no relationship, there's no friendship. It really comes down to trust. Mm. And maybe there's things that are not being communicated to help that person feel like sometimes maybe all they need is a quick text like I miss you or here's a picture like hey this is what we're doing I'm so excited to tell you all about it you know just making them feel a part of but then there is a fine line of of that jealousy and that possessiveness that's not healthy and some people that's just how they are that's not my cup of tea so that's how you are but that's not how I am and I don't like it so yeah then you yeah. literally was about to take that word out of my mouth because it's like it's beautiful, right? Where you're just like, hey, baby, I love you. Just reminded, maybe I'm not saying it enough because yeah. I am so the person, like, I have to look inwards first. Mm -hmm. Like, am I showing up and giving that person that love? And they do they feel like um, they're respected and loved by me and things like that? Yeah. And at the same time, making sure you're not pushing yourself so much to try and validate it because they can't, they have got so much insecurity yeah. and now what you're doing is just feeding the beast exactly and then you're everything that all consumes you and mm. it's all about making sure they're happy all the right. time and then you lose yourself you start depleting and your happiness slowly starts going away and your life and what you want and what matters about you is not it doesn't matter anymore because it's all about that person yeah so I think it, with this sort of thing, when it comes to like the nuance, I would definitely look and go, um, is this true? I'm always asking that question, right? Uh -huh. Because it's like immediately I always want to put my defense up and say, it's not me. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like I'm, I'm, that's something I've worked on a lot. Like, yep. okay, pause. Is this true? And then really assess because if you want a relationship to work, if you want a friendship to work, mm -hmm. it takes both parties. It does. So assessing whether this is you and then really being able to be honest because if you want the relationship to work and you know you have to show up with 50% of it, yep. then yeah. make sure you're actually showing up with 50%. Yeah. I think on the hills, I always used to say, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. I would always say mm -hmm. that. And it's so true because... It can't just be one-sided all the time. It has to be both-sided. There has to be communication. And, you know, you have to be honest about how you feel and where you have to be vulnerable. You can't be afraid or step back and be afraid because they might get mad. There's ways of expressing your emotions and your feelings that won't make that person mad. You just have to be careful of your wording and, and just speak from your heart, but not so it's not attackful or, you know, they don't get defensive, but it's not about them. It's more about you and how you're feeling. So how would you approach that? What sort of language would you use? I do this all the time. <laughs> I feel it depends on the person too, because some people in my life are so blunt and insensitive, but they're very like honest. And I, I love that. So I don't take offense to it, but sometimes I'll be like, Ooh, that was, that was a little harsh. Like you could have said that a little differently because I was hurtful. Mm. So also like if someone says something, you have to let them know too, like mm. that came off really hurtful and insensitive. And you know, I think I know what you're, well, obviously I know what you're trying to say because you're so blunt about it, <laughs> but I'm sensitive. Like, can you be a little ease up on that? Yeah. There's a way to, to communicate with people. Some people are really sensitive, some aren't, some can take it. You just, to each his own. Yeah, that's so powerful because 
some it does depend on intention intention matters yeah you know and so i've been married now for 20 years wow. and so if i don't know my husband by now yeah. right so it's like i know his intention but sometimes he's, he says things that are like sting me because he's yeah. way i'm i'm blunt girl he's like next level blunt <laughs> so i've done that work and then my husband being blunt what i'll do in those situations i know his intention mm -hmm. and then i'll say hey to your point yeah. I'm a little upset, like that did hurt. Yep. I know you didn't mean to, but you've actually triggered me. Mm -hmm. Now, even with triggers, I, got, I recognize the triggers on me. It is my trigger. I have to work through it. Yeah. I don't want to live a life of triggers. Yeah. So I'll also say I'm working on this trigger, but for now, until I'm through it, please don't use this word. Don't use this yeah. phrase. And now back to your point about communication, yeah. you're letting that person in mm -hmm. versus keeping them at arm's length. Exactly. So there's no resentments or yeah. it builds up. I actually experienced this probably a few months ago, but there was a trigger and I caught myself like, cause all mm. the healing and recognizing those really helps, but you have to remind yourself. It takes work to remind yourself, mm. but I'm, you know, it's fight or flight. I'm a flight person. I'm out of there. And so instead of communicating my feelings, I was like, I'm out, bye, I'm leaving. And then I was like, wait, I need to talk through this and explain everything of why it upset me or what happened. And it was amazing. It was communicating and like working through that trigger. And now that trigger won't trigger me as much mm -hmm. because I've recognized it and I know how to work through it. And that all starts with the internal. It really does. God, this has been so yeah. amazing. Thank you so much. Tell me where they can buy your book, Choices. So, Choices, it's wherever you can buy a book. Um, it's at Target, Barnes & Noble, um, it's on Amazon. And I really was inspired just by my fans of asking so many questions of how I got through what I went through and they, them wanting to know so much about my life that they didn't really see or know as much from the show. Mm -hmm. So I really hope this helps people and helps them with their choices. That's amazing. Guys, guys, <laughs> go check out the book Choices. Get the tips that she so beautifully shares in this. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe. And guys, if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. If this episode brought you value, please, please throw in the comments below what was the most impactful thing that you heard today. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Yes. Peace.